0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, so good, so good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And we're in the third installment of a series called Make Room. Somebody say, Make Room. Come on, create some space. I need some margin. That's what we've been doing this year is giving God the real estate that he longs for. That he wants. And uh, two weeks ago, we kicked this off and we talked about making room for God's presence. Remember the, the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4? She created space for God. And that, that room that she made literally became the miracle, the, the environment for the miracle that she was to receive. That was two weeks ago. If you were here last week, we talked about making room for others. Somebody say, Others others. Remember we talked about Mark chapter 2, the man on the mat, and he had some friends called the what's up boys. Turn to your and say, what's up? We talked about how important it is to go to the mat for people, to make that investment in people. Today I want to talk to you about making room for growth, making room to grow. We need space to grow, to enlarge our capacity, to grow in our maturity. How many of you want to grow this year? Hmm. Uh, we're going to take, take a look at the story of a little man who needed a lot of growth. This is the story of Zacchaeus. How many heard this story before? Yeah, Zacchaeus was a... And a, he climbed up in a... See, you guys know this, man. You know about the Zac attack. We're bringing him back, the Zach attack. Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 1, making room for growth. The Bible says, Jesus entered into Jer- Jericho and made his way through the town. Now, what's happening here in the timeline of Jesus' ministry, this is nearing the end. Jesus is making his way through. To Jerusalem. Now, Jericho is about a thousand feet below sea level, and so he goes down to Jericho, and eventually he will make his way up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is maybe thirty-two hundred feet above sea level, and so he's in the final ministry moments of his life. But the Bible says he goes through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. In Jericho, verse two, there was a man there named Zacchaeus. We'll call him Zach. Oh, Zach was in Jericho. Now, the Bible says he was the chief tax collector. Somebody say the chief. He's the big boss, okay? He's the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very, very rich. Now, Zach was a big wheel, eating big meals, making big deals. How many of y'all like that right there? I've been waiting all week to say that. (laughs) The Bible says he's the chief tax collector. Now, it's interesting. Tax collectors are familiar in the New Testament. You read about them, you know them. There are a lot of them. But the only reference to chief tax collector is right here in Luke 19. Zach was the big boss. The Bible says that he was not just rich, but he was very rich. Here's how he got his wealth. Now, many of you know in that day, Rome was in charge. They were over the the Jewish people. Now, Rome collected taxes. And so they would employ some of the local Jewish citizens to be a part of this business. And they would say, okay, you go to your fellow Jewish citizens and collect taxes. Now, you pay Rome what you owe Rome, but then you pocket the rest. And so... Zach and all of these tax collectors were kind of part of a, of a Roman pyramid scheme, okay? I mean, they're going to make sure they get their cut by adding extra to their Jewish brothers. And so they would pocket from their own people. On the backs of their own people, they padded their own pockets. How many of you, you don't like this guy already? I don't like him already. I mean, how many of you know when April 15th rolls around, that day is painful, Okay. <laughs> It's just hard. I mean, sometimes you're thinking, my goodness, what are they doing with all the taxes that I'm, I'm paying? But then on top of that, you got your own guys that are getting wealthy at your expense. Zach's a bad guy. How many know there's, there's good guys and there's bad guys? Yeah, yeah. How many know your team is the, is the good guys? Always. Come on, LSU, the good guys. Alabama's the bad guys. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? Good guys, bad Zach is a bad guy the bible says he heard that jesus was coming through jericho verse 3 so he tried to get a look at jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd always coming up short never enough bible says he wanted to see jesus but there was a problem there was no room come on somebody say no room there was an obstacle. there was a challenge for him to get a, a view of Jesus verse four, so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamorphic tree beside the road. Now get this this is the, this is the big boss he 's running and climbing trees. How I many know he's losing his dignity here wait say you 're the guy telling people what to do you're rich. rich people don't run for anything. Climb a tree, are you kidding me? but there was something inside of this little man he had a This little man had a big desire. Come on, somebody. So the Bible says he climbs this tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass by that way. You see, word got out that Jesus was coming and Zach didn't want to miss it. So he closed up shop early. He shut the business down. He's going to go check out what what all the, the, the hype is about. Now, remember Matthew, remember the disciple Matthew? He was a tax collector, but he left the business to follow Jesus so I'm sure there was some curiosity why would why would Matt leave this lucrative business to be a follower of Jesus you see Zach had heard about Jesus secondhand but there's something about knowing Jesus for yourself oh come on I feel like I'm about to preach right now some of you have heard about Jesus from others You've heard about Jesus from your parents, even your grandparents. Maybe you come here on Sunday and you hear about Jesus from your pastor. And I guess that's okay, but you know what? It's not enough. It's our desire that you know and experience Jesus for yourself. You see, we're here on weekends to create and facilitate an experience that you have with God because man can debate a lot of things man we can debate politics we can debate religion but you can't debate a changed life and you can argue theology and what the bible says about this and that but when you've exper- a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument oh come on now come on now come on somebody needs to tweet somebody A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Zach had to experience this for himself. He tried to see Jesus, but there was no room. Zach was short. He was vertically challenged. He needed to grow. Watch how God grows, Zach. The first thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to do this. And we'll see three different things play out in this passage. Number one, you've got to reposition yourself. There's position, and then there's reposition. You see, Zach had a title, chief tax collector. That was his position. But if he was going to see Jesus, he had to reposition himself. How many of you, you want to see God better this year? How many of you, you want to go to a new level in your experience with God this year? Well, in order to do that, you're going to have to reposition yourself if you're out of position you might miss god come on can i say that again because the truth is god's coming this way jesus was coming through jericho and we'll see how intentional it was in just a moment and 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 zach if zach was going to experience something he had never felt before then he had to leave where he was and find a new position and you know, I, I remember, I've shared this with you several years ago, uh, the time that my son and I, we went to St. Louis, I'm a big Cardinal fan, I'm from the Midwest, so we went to see a Cardinals baseball game. And, you know, he, the whole way there, Trevor's saying, Dad, you know, are we going to get a baseball? We're going to, you know, it's all about getting the foul ball. I'm like, son, we've got, we're right here in foul ball territory, third baseline, we're about 15 rows up. I'm telling you, this is our game, this is, a, we're going to get a foul ball. Well, about the fifth inning, Trevor's like, you know, he's getting a little fidgety, a little bored, baseball's slow fifth inning. He's like, Dad, I got to use the bathroom. I'm like, well, no, no, no. Not right now. So Maybe we can go in between innings. No, Dad, I got to go now. Okay. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Okay, hurry. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Boy, go, 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 go. Are you done? Okay, come. Did you wash your hands? Wash your hands, boy. Come on. Hurry up. Okay, get back. Hustle, hustle. Run back in. We sit back down in our seats, and everybody around us are like, oh, no. I said, what? What, what, what happened? <laughs> when you and your son left, wherever y'all went, a foul ball came screaming off of the bat and landed right in the, uh, the your boy's seat. He had a basket of French fries. The baseball landed right in his basket of fries. And sure enough, the basket was gone, fries were everywhere. I'm like, well, where's the ball? The boy next to Trevor's like. And Trevor looked at me like that's mine. That's mine. I was like I know. (laughs) But guess what happened? Trevor was not in position. Come on, somebody. You see, God had a blessing. I mean, think about it. Out of 64,000 seats in that stadium, of all the times in the game to have to go to the bathroom, come on, somebody. You see, God has a blessing with your name and your address on it. But if you're not in position, come on now, You're going to miss what God's trying to bring your way. Oh, Lord, turn your neighbor and say, don't miss it. You see, you're going to have to reposition yourself. Some of you need to pivot. You need to pivot so you can see something you couldn't see before. When you reposition yourself, you'll find that the scenery looks a little different. Your perspective is different because you've adjusted. Some of you need to make some adjustments this year. Some of you need to tweak some things in your schedule, how you spend your time, your energy, your resources. If you'll reposition yourself, I'm telling you, Jesus is passing by. Oh, I don't want to miss it. Look at what it says here, verse 5. When Jesus came by. Okay, let me stop right there. Some translations say this. When Jesus came to the place, when he came to the spot, Now, the Greek there is the word topos, T-O-P-O-S. It's where we get topography. When Jesus came to the area or the location, but this is something different. When Jesus came to the place, the Bible is insinuating that this place is space and opportunity for power and action. Okay? So the Greek word is Jesus literally was coming to this specific spot on purpose. It was prearranged. It wasn't accident. It wasn't coincident. Come on, somebody. It was divine providence. He wasn't just randomly passing by. How many of you know that in God nothing is random? It's called kingdom. Can I have a good amen? You ever been at the right place, at the right time, and you had just the conversation you needed to have? You you, You met just the person you needed to meet? You see, for, for, for us, it's not accidental. I, I, I love this. It, it's kind of insinuating. When God said in Genesis chapter 1, when he said, let there be light, and boom, he spoke, and out of nothing came something. When God said, you know what, trees, uh, vegetation, and every tree, think about it, think about it, think about it. Long before Zach could see Jesus, the tree had already been planted to meet his need. Oh, come on now. Think about that now. I want you to let that marinate in your mind. Long before this moment, God said in creation, I want this sycamore tree right here at this spot. Why? Because Jesus was passing by. You don't think Jesus was there in creation when, when God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus all came together and said... Uh, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, and that moment was prearranged. The Bible says when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. (sighs) He knows my name. Mm. He knows my name. Now listen, he knows my sin but he calls me by name. The devil knows my name, but he calls me by sin. I'm so glad that the Bible says Jesus, who knew everything about Zach, greedy, selfish, wicked, didn't care about anybody but himself. Jesus knew all of that, but the Bible says he called him by name and he said Zacchaeus. Come on. You remember when God called your name? Remember when you were living in darkness? Remember when you were full of yourself? And divine appointment, God got your attention. Now, maybe it wasn't a tree, but maybe you were in a church service. Maybe you were at your mama's house on Monday. Come on, somebody. Maybe you were at the job on Tuesday. Maybe you were in the field on Wednesday. But it was prearranged. It was divine appointment, and God called you by name. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, quick, come on down. I must be a guest in your home today. Jesus coming over. Coming to your house. He's saying, Zach, come on down. Now in this, we see a great exchange. Here Zach is up in this sycamore tree, and Jesus is saying, come down. Jesus is calling Zach down from a tree because very soon Jesus would go up a tree. Are you with me? Yes. Zach, you got to come down that tree. Zach had to come down to receive salvation because Jesus was going up Calvary to give salvation. Yes. Oh, I love this, this story. It's just rich. Oh, man, you reposition yourself. You begin to see elements in this that you hadn't seen before. Zach, come on down. What's he saying? Zach, come down from your fear. Come down from your anxiety. Come down from your insecurity. Come down from your selfishness. Zach, come on down. Come down and be with me. The Bible says, look at this, verse 6. Zach, he quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Now, don't you wish the story would stop right there? I wish that the story would end right. It's just Zach and Jesus just riding off into the sunset of eternal heavenly bliss. How many know when you come to Jesus? All right now. I'm stepping into it now. When you come to Jesus, you're going to stir up some devils. You see, for way too long, we have bought into the lie that says, give your life to Jesus, and everything's going to be nice and neat and wrinkle-free. How many know that ain't true? You give your life to Jesus, and things start falling apart. Come on, and all the honest people said, well, I wish somebody would have told me this. I I thought I was just going to health, wealth, and prosperity. No, I mean, it's trial by fire. Mama used to say, boy, if you haven't run into the devil, you might be running with him. The minute you change directions and say yes to Jesus, now you're going upstream from culture, from what's popular, from spiritual wickedness and darkness. I'm telling you, if you're a threat to the devil's kingdom, he's coming after you. But if you're not, he's going to leave you alone. You see, Zach says, look, I'm coming That Look, I receive you with joy. But look at what it says here in verse 7. But the people were displeased. The people frowned. What? What is this? Jesus has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. How many know it's one thing to be a sinner, but it's another thing to be a notorious sinner? Now, how many of you in your BC days, your before Christ days, can you reach back and remember some of those moments and years and experiences? How many of you, when you were a sinner back in the day, you didn't just sin, but you were good at it? Okay, only three of you are being honest today. (laughs) Who in the world is going to hang out with a notorious sin? Jesus, why would you do this? I'm going to tell you this. Not only, number one, do you need to reposition yourself. Number two, you better block out the noise. If you're going to grow this year, you're going to have to block out the noise. The truth is, when you come down from that sycamore tree not everybody's going to be happy for you. See, people just want you to stay up in that tree. Mm -hmm. Because the minute you step out of your mediocrity and step into the excellence of God, they feel threatened. And listen to what they said. They're very displeased. I'm telling you, if you want to see Jesus like Zach did, there's a critic in every crowd. You're going to have people say things. They're going to oppose you. You're going to have to block out the noise. You know, yesterday, my, my son was, he's in basketball season, and um, it's a little sixth grade team. And so he's at the free throw. He got fouled. He's at the free throw line. And they, the, the opposing team, they had cheerleaders on the baseline right underneath the goal. Okay? So everybody's lined up. Trevor's got the ball. And, man, these little cheerleaders, whoo, how many know when you're in the sixth grade and you're a cheerleader, whoo, they got some piercing. Oh, they were doing this cheer that was something like, miss it, miss miss Woo! <laughs> Did I do that well, babe? Hey. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I was kind of dialing into my inner cheerleader. Miss Woo! I mean, they're loud, piercing. And I'm like, man, y'all hush. It's my boy shooting a free throw. And afterwards, so, and Trevor just, I mean, bah, 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 whew, buckets. I'm like, like his old man, you know? <laughs> I asked him afterwards, i like, Trevor, did you, did you hear those cheerleaders? My goodness. They were yelling and screaming at you. He said, dad, I, I didn't hear a thing. I'm like, what? How could you not? He said, I block out the noise so I can focus on the goal. That's going to set somebody free today. That little thing right there, if you just block out the noise and focus on the goal. You see, the, the enemy of your soul wants to distract you. And so he's going to bring everything he can against you. I mean, culture and, 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 and coworkers, and you'll even have family members and people that you thought were your friend. The minute you get serious about God, you realize who's really for you and who's not. And the devil will send all of that stuff against you to get in your ear. you got to block out the noise. It's like, I don't know if you've ever been to a symphony and you've seen the orchestra. The conductor who's leading the orchestra has to turn his back on the crowd. Did you hear that? Some of you got to turn your back on the crowd so you can focus on the conductor of your soul. But you got you to turn down the volume of the world so you can amplify the voice of God in your life. You gotta, if we're going to grow this year, we've got to reposition ourselves, but then we've got to block out the noise. It's amazing to me how God, through Jesus, would look at Zacchaeus, who was a notorious sinner. He was greedy. He was selfish. I mean, we already said he's a bad guy. And Jesus looks at him and says, you know what? I want you on my team. Yeah. Now, that'll blow your mind, won't it? How many of you know that sometimes God is choosing people that you've already given up on? Or you've said, well, that'll never happen. Or You know what? There's just no way. And yet God, in his sovereignty, he doesn't grade us necessarily by our activity, but by the kingdom potential inside of us. He says, Zach, I see something in you that most people miss. Come on, can I have a good amen? amen. Oh, th- th- this is so big. You know, sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, God, I wouldn't have picked me. But you did. And Lord, I'm thankful for it. I didn't see it in myself. I didn't feel worthy. Some of you are here today and you don't feel worthy. And you've been listening to the noise that says you're not worthy. Block out the noise. Because God's seeing you for who he created you to be. There's divine potential locked up inside of you. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the critics. Come on, somebody. Well, I feel like somebody's getting this now. Somebody's getting... You know, don't don't listen to all those who judge and condemn and criticize. Because there's a critic in every crowd. You step out to do something big for God and you will be attacked. Expect it. It's coming. The crowd was displeased. You know, I heard a guy say one time, he said, if I wouldn't take advice from you, Why would I listen to your criticism? Think about this. The people that criticize you, if you wouldn't go to them for advice, come on now. Are you with me? If I wouldn't seek advice from you, I'm not taking the criticism either. Those that love you and care about you, how many know they're going to help you? They're going to speak life to you. Now, sometimes truth, it'll it'll carve you up, but if it's spoken in love, it's going to help you. Block out the noise. What is it? Who's in your ear? What is that that's keeping you up late at night? What voice are you allowing, are you listening to and allowing in your spirit? You've got to eliminate some of the craziness around you. Focus on the word of God inside of you. I'll tell you this. If you have the smile of God, then the frowns of people don't matter. Let them frown at you. Man, I got the smile. of God. If I'm good with God, guess what? I'm good. Block out the noise. Look at what it says, verse 8. Are you catching this today? Verse 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. And he said, God, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. How many of you like to send that that verse right there to the IRS? (laughs) God bless you, IRS. We love you. But Luke 19, verse 8, pray about it. He says, "If if I've cheated anybody on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Now, notice, Zach stood before the Lord. Here's what I want you to see. When we stand before God, we see how short we really are. When we truly stand before the Lord, we see what we lack. We see who we are not. Lord, I'm not this. Lord, I'm not that. And God says, you know what? I knew that. That's why I sent Jesus. Everything that you're not, that's what I am. You know what's interesting here? You never hear Jesus preaching a sermon to Zach. He's not saying, okay, so it's Jesus and Zach, and they're, they're breaking bread. They're probably eating gumbo. Come on, somebody. Man, you know. I mean, they got some gumbo and some cornbread, some red beans and rice. And their fellowship, they're just talking, hanging out. And here, unsolicited, Zacchaeus, the Zac attack, he just begins to confess. No sermon, no next steps, no membership, no joining the church, no song, no altar call, no sermon, no nothing. But then Zach just begins to confess. He says, You know, I I owe a lot of people. Why? Because he's standing before God. The third and the final thing I want you to see is this if we're going to grow this year, we got to reposition ourselves, we got to block out the noise. But number three, we've got to respond to Jesus. Just respond to the presence of the Lord. Respond to Jesus. Jesus never says, hey, Zach, you got to repay some people. Guess what? Change automatically flows out of intimacy with the Lord. Now, here's what's amazing, okay? I I I want you to see this, okay? Please don't be distracted, but see this. According to the law of Moses, if, now this is the Old Testament, In the Old Testament, if I stole money from you, I would have to not only pay it back, but I would have to pay it back plus 20%. Okay, so the law is you gotta pay it all back and then 20%. So in other words, if I stole $100 from you, I gotta give you 120, all right? Math majors, are you with me? Nod your head. But now Zach says, I'm gonna give you four, if I've cheated anybody, I'm not just paying 20%. I'm going to give you 400%. So in other words, if I steal 100, guess what you're getting now? 400. You see, grace can do more than the law ever could. Grace. Now, now grace sets the bar even higher. You see what I'm saying? As good as the law was, grace is even better. Let's, don't get legalistic now when it comes to transformation inside of people. Notice, you got people outside the house talking bad about Zach and the fact that Jesus is in there with him. Can I tell you this? Stop trying to clean everybody up. Quit trying to clean everybody up. Just get them to Jesus. Man, if we can just get them in the presence of God. And then let the Holy Spirit, come on now. Let's let the Holy Spirit work on somebody's heart. You know why? Because if it's us, we go in law, aren't we? Uh Uh-huh, you stole that 100, I need 120. If you just trust somebody to Jesus, guess what? You're getting back 400. Jesus is like, hey, I can forgive and release a whole lot better than you can. Trust me, trust me. Are are we judging and criticizing more than we're praying? Man, Lord, if I can just get them to you. Zacchaeus calls Jesus Lord. Somebody say Lord. Oh, this is good. Now check this out. It's one thing to have Jesus as your Savior, but it's another thing to confess him as Lord. Zac recognized, my pockets have been full, but my heart has been empty. Oh, I want you Lord over my life. How many of you want God to be Lord over every area of your life? Lord, take it all. Lord, I, I don't want you to just save my soul. Lord, I want you to save my marriage, save my children, be Lord in my finances, be Lord in my job, in my career, in my hopes, and in my dreams. Lord, I lay it all at your feet. Come on. When you call Jesus Lord, he didn't just save you from your sin. You say, God, you are my master. Everything I have now belongs to you. Jesus responded, verse 9, salvation. (laughs) Salvation has come to this home today. Why? For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, Jesus said, for I have come to seek and to save those that are lost. Why did Jesus come? He came for the lost, the least, the last, the lonely. Can I tell you, nobody's beyond the scope of God's saving grace. Salvation has come to this house. You know what my prayer is for you this year? That salvation would come to your house, to your kids, to your spouse, to, to your family. You know what I... I can't give my kids a lot. I don't have a lot to give. But if I can give them Jesus, then they have something that money could never buy. And Zach that day got something that you couldn't put a price tag on. And he realized it. He knew, I've been living and serving something that is fading away. But here comes Jesus, eternal riches beyond what you could ever imagine. I believe that God's challenging us today. Many of you, this is your year to grow. Some of you got to switch up some things. you got to adjust. you got to pivot. You've got to reposition yourself. Some of you have been stymied by the noise around you and God's saying, block out that noise. I got something better inside of me. Amen. Thank you for listening.